What is up, everybody? This is Ryan with the Scale Up Show. I am going to get into it today. I hear a lot. I'm not a natural born sales guy, not a natural born sales gal. I'm a tech founder. I have a technical background. I wasn't born that way. I also hear that with revenue leaders, believe it or not. And so today I am going to get into just by applying some simple scripts and language, how I've seen support staff close $100,000 plus deals. What? We'll get into it after the intro. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. What is up, everybody? This is Ryan here with the Scale Up Show. Today, we are going to get into how support staff can close $100,000 deals with simple scripts through the science of sales. A little bit more. I probably could use one or two more S's in there. Anyways, um, I'm, I'm going to get into this. This is taken from a presentation I did for over 500 executives, chief revenue officers, VPs of sales. And this is just a piece of it. Uh, it was a paid engagement that I had for the chief revenue officer school, as well as the enterprise sales go-to-market school. And so I wanted to share a little bit with you because it, it's a it's a commonality of limiting beliefs that I've seen pop up of not naturally being born a salesperson or not being a salesperson or sales guy or gal. When in reality, if you created your own company or if you got to the point where you're in a leadership position, then you are good at influence and you are good at convincing people of your ideas and you have ninja skills. And so looking to, to, to bring this to you today to take things to the next level. So really what we're going to get into is um, with this, it's a piece that I, I did on the science of opportunity management. And so back, oh, this is this is early on, right? When right after we started attacking really large enterprise opportunities. And I don't know if you remember the company Spencer's. Do you remember the company Spencer's at all? They do everything. They had like <laughs> so funny because it reminds me of my youth. They're in malls, they have like the dog poo, they have like the sexy lady posters. They have um, all the gifts. If you watch the Goldbergs, Barry Goldberg, Big Tasty was working there. And um, <laughs> it was just, it was a great episode. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. Trip down memory lane. But anyways, we were working with them. They also have the um, a $500 million business. Yeah, it's $500 million with the spirit pop-up Halloween stores that only come up. I think there's probably close to 2,000 of those now. So it's pretty impressive that they create that much revenue in that short of time. So we started working with them, and essentially our business case was mediocre. There, um, we didn't. I shouldn't say we started working with them. We tried to work with them, right? Our business case was mediocre. Our solution was at break even, with you know basically a murky business case at best. And we had some solid relationships in. The business side of it, however, we ended up losing that deal. It was like a $750,000 deal. So it really hurt. And what even hurt more is we didn't lose it to a competitor. We lost it to them doing nothing, a no decision, the biggest punch in the cookies you could have, right? So we took what we learned from there. And, and basically, there's another company that we went after called IDEX. And I don't know if you've heard of IDEX. Uh, you probably haven't heard of them. I didn't hear of them. They're actually publicly traded. I think they're $2 billion, $3 billion, right in that range. And one of the things is they actually make the Jaws of Life. They make the paint shakers at Home Depot. So they're 
a big manufacturing conglomeration. And basically with them, we did a few things differently. We built a rock solid business case. We had relationships across nine people in four departments. And the sales cycle was significantly less than what it was with Spencer's. And as a result, we won a two and a half million dollar deal in 25 or 75% of the time. So Spencer's was 750K. This was 7.5 million and it was in less time. Okay. This next one too, we made an $18 million mistake. Okay. And when I say mistake, it, it probably wasn't just one mistake. It was an $18 million loss deal. And, and that deal occupied two years of our life. It was a massive healthcare conglomeration, uh, numerous hospitals, clinics, you name it. 100 page RFP, 40 hours spent answering the IP, uh, hundreds of hours just of multiple people. And one of the things is we made it through 31 of our competitors and lost to the 32nd competitor. So we were the first loser. I know it sucked. It was gut wrenching, but it's always darkest before the dawn, right? And so what we did is we, we learned from that and we closed a $20 million plus deal with Amazon Whole Foods. What up? From cold to sold with Amazon. That doesn't happen very often. And we did that in less than 18 months. So what I want to share with you is the framework that turned those failures into fortune. And so you could be on your way to closing really large deals as well. This is one of the most critical conversion points of the sales process. And it's how to pass through each gate. And so when I work privately with founders or revenue leaders, and I'm looking at how they can optimize their business, specifically with closing whale-sized deals, this is one of the key areas I look at is conversions, right? And so we're looking at that. If you look at it, each conversion has a gate that they need to pass through. And the numbers don't lie. I look at a combination of not only the conversion percentage, but also the speed. So the speed of the total cycle and and then also the speed. And you're going to want to write this down. This is a There's going to be some writer downers if you look at it, right? So conversion in terms of percentage of like basically do you win 7 out of 10? Do you win 3 out of 10? But then also, does it happen in 10 months? Does it happen in three months? Does it happen in one month? Because time is just as valuable as money when you're working on really large deals because some of the best opportunities are the ones that you stop working or um, the ones that you continue to work. And there's two principles, or there's a, a key principle with this part. And I'm talking about when you have an initial meeting with a really big opportunity or even a mid-market opportunity, there, there's two opposing forces that apply. The first one is drag. So drag is a force acting opposite to the relative motion of any object moving with respect to a surrounding fluid. Okay, so anytime you try to get a company to take on your solution, implement your SaaS product, or do something different, the biggest friction point, like I mentioned with Spencer's, is drag. They don't want to do anything because it equates to more work. More work is not fun. Most of these people work massive hours to begin with, okay? However, a way to overcome that is with another force called thrust. When a system expels or accelerates mass in one direction, the accelerated mass will cause a force of equal magnitude but opposite direction to be applied to that system. And a physical example of this is an airplane, right? So people fly all over the world and, and do so many different adventures because of, of air flight. And when you look at it, it seems simple now. You're like, yeah, you know, the big plane, big 
The big metal circular tube flies off into the air, but it's got to have enough thrust to overcome the drag of gravity with, if you think about it, I mean, a plane probably weighs tens of thousands of pounds with all the people in it. And so imagine how much thrust it has to need to take off. So I, I'm painting the picture for this. So you, the, the same thing applies with sales. It has to be so compelling, so interesting, so beneficial to them that they want to push all that drag aside and take off with your solution. And so we're talking the first appointment um, in terms of the science of opportunity management. One of the key pieces is, and, and there's actually three. I, I like to break things down into three if I can. Sometimes it requires more if it's it's more complicated, but in this situation, it's it's three. And so with that stage, there's the problem, there's the push, and the person, right? The problem, push, and person, the three Ps. So you're going to want to write that down. And the reason why is because the problem pushes the person. The problem pushes the person, right? And if you think about that, people are four times as likely to move away from pain as they are to move towards pleasure. So that pain is what's going to cause them to move and, and change and do different things. And so to get a little bit deeper on this, when we're looking at it, the next step is um, what is, and this is a question that I want you to ask yourself, if you're, if you're trying to work uh, opportunities and grow revenue for your business, what's the number one reason why you waste time or lose deals? What's the number one reason? I want you to answer that. Write it down if you do. Um, the number one reason that I would tell you is not knowing. Not knowing is the difference between you getting turning your business from a million dollars to two million dollars in a year, two million dollars to four, four to eight, eight to 16, 16 to 32. Okay, that's the number one reason why you can't make those transitions. You don't know what people know who have done that. The same thing applies with sales, right? Um, if you have complete visibility into the inner workings of your buyer's minds times multiple people, then you know how to overcome their objection or concern or persuasion, if you will, if you need to leverage persuasion as well to overcome that, right? And so I'm going to give you the questions to walk inside someone's mind on the first time you're talking to them to, to try and take things to the next level. Now, once again, you're going to want to write these down. I'll include them in the show notes too, but these are six key questions you want to write down. And I'll, I'll give you a tangible example for it. Number one, what is the problem you need to solve? What is the single biggest problem you need to solve? What is the outcome that they need to happen? That's the first one. What is the problem you need to solve? And I'll, I'll give you a specific example on this. This is going to be a shorter episode, so we'll wrap it up. But um, number two, what is the metric today? What's the tangible performance today? Okay, so for example, step one, what is the problem you need to solve? Okay, Ryan, we need to increase revenue by by a million dollars over the next 12 months, by $2 million. Let's say, let's just keep it simple and we'll do a million. We need to increase revenue by a million dollars. It's like, okay, awesome. What is, or, or most people won't be that specific. They'll be like, Ryan, we need to get to $10 million. And I'm like, okay, well, what's, what's the metric today? We're at $9 million, okay? So... It's at 9 million. They want it to get to 10. And so the next thing is, what do you want it to be? Like I said, get specific with tangible numbers. 
And then what's the value of that difference? They want to get to 10, they're at nine. The value of that difference is a million dollars. Okay. The other thing to ask is what's the value of that over time? If we fix this now, what is the value of solving that million dollar problem in year two, year three, year four, year five? Because that stacks and compounds in their mind. Then you're not just solving a million dollar problem. At very minimum, it's a $5 million problem. More often than not, that growth compounds. So it could be basically a, a $10 million problem when you, when you include compounding uh, value on top of it, right? And then last but not least, what are the barriers to getting this done? Those are like those simple six questions will give you complete visibility to what they're thinking, what the size of the problem is. And I'm not even tapping into some other areas, but this is great for them to make something that's that's intangible, tangible into dollars and cents. Okay. And by doing that, you'll be a leg up over other projects. You'll be a leg up over them not doing anything. And it'll really, really basically solidify what you're doing from the intangible to the tangible. So remember, the problem pushes the person. The problem pushes the person. Okay. And so I'll also hit on some other things emotionally that, that we could go through as well for this in a different episode. But I want to share that with you today. Wanted to give you kind of a quick snapshot. And here's what I would tell you. The byproduct of leveraging tangible scripts like that in the right order is what you're going to see is, like I told you, there was support staff that made the transition to sales, no B2B sales experience, and closed $500,000 deals, $800,000 deals, $9 million deals because of the fact they know what to say in the right order, how to say it, and who to say it to. And this is a key piece to that. In addition, you know, there's a technical trainer who basically was shifted into sales and closed a $30,000 deal in 60 days while only spending 30% of his time doing it because he was still transitioning out of training. What? So I'm telling you these stories not to impress you, but to impress upon you that it doesn't matter if you don't have a sales background as a founder. It doesn't matter if you are, um, you know, it, it's it's not something that that's comfortable to you yet. The key to that is asking the right questions because if you ask the right questions, you're going to get the right answers. And if you ask the right questions, get the right answers, you're going to know the right solution to provide them. So, all right. It was awesome having you on today. If you enjoyed this Scale Up Show, please like, rate, review. That helps me out massively and spread, spread the word. This has been growing like wildfire lately and it's because of you and sharing it with your friends. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep it up and I'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.